before everybody went out the door, I said, so next Sunday when you get here, I'm going to ask if anybody has a testimony about the Be a Blessing card. Does anybody have a testimony about Be the... Chorus, right down here, Miss Bonnie. Here we go. Well, I started out going home, and Jackie drove me, and she was helping me get out of the car, and my neighbor lived above me. He's an essential worker. He works in nursing. Okay. So I gave him a card, and I told him thank you, and that we were praying for my church was. And he said, what church do you go to? And I said, Mount Hope. And he said, well, I would like to go with you next Sunday. And I said, we would love to have you. And Jackie said, I'll pick you up when I pick up Bonnie. And we went this morning, but he must have been called in because Uh, he normally gets up at 4 and I can hear him. Sure, sure. And I didn't hear anything this morning. Okay. I, but hopefully next Sunday. But a Sunday. win, a win. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Bonnie, for sharing that. Amen. John, another one? As most of you know, I worked at Walmart. If I went in there last Sunday, I'd give these cards away, you know, to people I know, people I don't know, the cashiers. And uh, you don't believe the response I got. And uh, it even brought some of these, especially the women, um, we're on the tears, because nobody ever does that for them. And they told me that. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever does that for us. Amen. Thank you. So we, we went to a restaurant, and, and uh, Pastor Barb decided that we needed to give one to our waitress. And uh, she handed that to her. And the lady just stood there stunned. She didn't know what to do with it. And, and I thought, all right, is she mad? Is she, you know, what's, what's going on here? And she eventually came back over to our table and she goes, you don't know what this meant to me today. Thank you. Thank you. So those little cards, if, if you'll take them with you and hand them out, we can make a difference. We are the light of the world. You don't put the light under a basket, Right? You let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Pastor Barb, I would have had you come up and share that. I didn't see you. You sneaky person, you. Anyway, so they're working. They're working. And uh, anyway, enough said. If I say anyway again, take me off the stage. Hallelujah. Begin, belong, believe. You are going to hear this a lot over the next few months. This is where we're going. I believe that the Lord wants this church to understand its mission and that we have been commissioned. Right? Meaning that we're partnering with God. It's His mission, and we're co-missioning with Him. And He wants that. He wants that from His people. So everybody here is part of this mission. All right? 
You're all part of the team. Uh, I'm trying to get excited, but you are not helping me at all. We were sitting over here, and Mary goes, wake up, people, as only she can. I thought maybe after that first song she sang, you guys would be, like, jumping around up here. Right, Sarah? Come on. Everybody say, it's time to wake up. So if you'll notice, there's a period after each letter, and, and if you know me very well at all, uh, you understand that I like to do acronyms, and this stands for, guess, tie each other, no, <laughs> together each a member, together each a member, and this will make a lot more sense by the end, but uh, if it doesn't already. We all have a place in the body of Christ. And as that video that I showed at the beginning showed, we're not done. God isn't finished with us. We're just starting. This is where we should shine. Is in moments like this when the world's going, what do I do? The church should be shining. We are in this together. Amen? You and I are here to support each other to challenge each other, and, and to help each other. And one of our brothers called me yesterday, and he, he started telling me about his dad who had gone in the hospital, and they were giving him a day to live. And he, the reason he called me was he wanted me to know he couldn't get over here to mow. And I'm thinking, that's not why you called. He needed somebody. And we, we talked a little bit, and we prayed, and that's what we should do. We pray with our brothers and sisters when they're, when they're hurting, when they're going through stuff like this. That's what the body of Christ does. They don't have to be a blood relative. So when you hear about somebody that's hurting, what should you do? Pray or get a hold of them and pray because it really does make a difference. Now, in the church, and I, I said this because or I'm saying this because we are here to help each other grow up. I don't like babies. And I don't mean babies. I love babies. I don't like adults who are babies. Babies need to grow up. And I believe Paul actually had a passage about that somewhere in the Scripture that talked about how instead of drinking milk they should be eating meat but they weren't there yet babies sometimes though god uses people in the church as sandpaper some of you are like 80 grit <laughs> you know some of you are like 200 grit some and you know the higher the number the less abrasive it is so if you're 80 grit, man, you, you are rubbing people raw. But those people are here for a reason. They're here to help shave off some of the stuff that we've got on us that shouldn't be there. And God uses people like that. Now, I don't think if you're an 80 grit person that that's a good thing. But God does use you folks. In different ways. 
This last week, I had the pleasure of having my uh, two granddaughters with me and my son. They spent from last Sunday to this early this morning at my house. One is one and a half, one is three and a half. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to preach today. I, I was like, man, I am tired. Those guys never stop. I mean, they're, they're awesome, all right? They're the, most, they're the cutest little kids, and I love playing with them, and I love them around, but man, they never stop. They get up at 7, and they don't go to bed till 8.30, and it's like, Put them to bed early. Oh, we can't do that, Dad. We got a, we got a schedule to keep. I'm like, yeah, well, what about my schedule? <laughs> but this past week, I watched my son and then my daughter-in-law came up later in the week, and I watched how they raised these little girls. How those little girls, 80 grit, brought patience Force them to be patient. Force them to be kind. And there were a couple times when I know they didn't want to be, if you know what I mean. Caused them to love, even in moments when it was questionable whether they wanted to or not. And I'm happy to say that both Andy and Sarah passed the test with flying colors. Hallelujah. Yeah. We don't always do we. I was a parent once. I still am. Just my kids are, one of them's out there watching a live stream. People are brought into the church sometimes as sandpaper. And that's not a bad thing. I think we all need that on occasion. Now here's another, if you will, uh, word for somebody in the church polish people god brings people into the church to polish us up you know many of us are are a diamond in the rough and we need somebody just to snuggle up and i don't mean this literally but to snuggle up next to us and help polish us off a little bit to massage us a little bit in the spirit realm and a person like that they they encourage us they're they're kind to us they're they love us, even sometimes when maybe we don't deserve it. Anybody here ever been loved by somebody when you didn't deserve it? Every day. They pray, they build others up in their family or in the church. You know, I, this last week again, I watched my wife, Pastor Barb, mom, wife, Mima, as she's known to the grandkids as she polished these little ones, and Andy, and I mean, she just encouraged them all week long. When, whenever Andy was having kind of a, one of them moments, the sandpaper was a little rough, <clears throat> mom would just come in there and, ah, oh, Andy, you're doing a great job. You're such a good dad. That's how she does that. She prays for us. She prays for you. And then I watched her do it in the church when she met with some people here and she talked to some people on the phone. She's polished. She's a polisher. God puts polishers in the church. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to point out is that 
We all have different roles. Some of us are sandpapers, some of us are polished, some of us are other things. We need to figure out what that is. Hear this part. Together, we're a team. And this team has a goal. What is our goal? Our goal at the Hope is to get as many people as possible to listen to the good news of Jesus and hopefully make a decision to begin to follow Him. That's our mission. That's our goal. That's our co-mission, if you will. To make disciples and then baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them all of the commands, meaning teaching them the Bible. What does the Bible say about living? And hopefully if these people finally make their way to Jesus, they too will want to become a part of the team, a member of the body of Christ. That's what the hope is all about. This team is all about reaching people with the good news. Together, each a member. Oops, I shouldn't have done that yet. So what does that mean? It means that each person has a gift. And I'm not going to go into all of this today. I am going to get to some of the gifts here in just a minute. But what I want to point out is you all have a ministry to carry out. Everybody. I don't, young or old, it doesn't matter. Age, age is not important. There's something for you to do in the church and in your family. And that person's gift, each individual, will enhance and help build up the body overall. So what happens if you have, as you, Pastor Roger said earlier, if you have a deficit? Well, one of the things that happens is other people have to do something they aren't qualified to do. They aren't called to do. They weren't made to do. And when you have to do something that you aren't made to do, you do it haphazardly. You do it tongue-in-cheek. You might offend people, whatever. But if you can find the person that was called to do that ministry or that carry out that gifting, then God is going to anoint it and bless it, and the church is going to be better for it. Are you still following me? What this gift is will be unique to each person. Look at your neighbor and say, you are unique. All right, now that you've said that, look back at them again and say, you are needed. You people at home are needed. Whether you're here or at home, and there are things you can do at home that are just as important. You can pray for the service. You can pray that those who are hurting will find their way to somebody in the church. So don't think just because you're not here, you're not a part. You are a part of this body. And many of you are continuing to support the church with your tithes and offerings. And God bless you for that. We wouldn't be here today if it, if it weren't for those people being faithful. But I want you to know that you all have a unique calling a gift that nobody else has. And you need to begin to find your place and to use that. 
Now, I want to begin by looking at the spiritual gifts, and I wanted to say this. I want to reinforce the importance of this individuality. When I look around this room, I see so many different styles. So many, so many different sizes. And if I were to ask you, where'd you come from? Where'd your family come from? It'd probably be all over the globe. We all have ancestors who went, you know, maybe Europe, maybe Africa, maybe Asia, I don't know, Ireland, Germany. Some may have Indian in them. I found out I do. <laughs> Surprisingly, I have a little Cherokee in me. Thought it was Blackfoot and found out somebody actually did the lineage and I found out, nope, Cherokee. Not enough for any help, though. <laughs> We're all different. And God loves that. He likes taking a whole bunch of different things and just going... But when he goes, when we do, it doesn't turn out that well. But when he goes, it always turns out amazing. And God is in charge of this church. He, he is the one putting us together. And there isn't a person here, if God has called you to be here, that isn't important to this church, to this family, to this team. Now here's the thing, we can't all be hands. Can you imagine if we were all hands? We couldn't move unless you could stand on your hand. We can't all be feet taking us places. We can't all be the eyes seeing where we're going. We all have a unique position in the church. And we need each other. We need the whole body if the church is going to be success, a success. Why is this important? Why does it matter what position we have? Because some in the church tend to think less of those who do not have the same gift they have. Now I'm going to pick on Roger, and I'm, I don't mean it. But I'm going to use him. Can I use you as an example? Pastor Roger is a worship pastor. He loves music. He loves worshiping the Lord with his ability. But if Pastor Roger expected every one of us to be on the worship team, and sometimes you might get that feeling, because he's always trying to drag people up here. Hey, do you sing? <laughs> no. That'd be silly. And the church wouldn't be healthy because we just have a lot of people up here playing instruments or singing and nothing else would be happening. And I love a good worship service, don't get me wrong. And he already put out the plea, we need people. So if you're here and you're hiding on us, see them before you leave today. If you're on, at home and you have a, a, an ability to play any instrument or sing, email them, rogeragaylorchurch.com. There, I gave you a second plug. You're done. <laughs> What's that? 
Say it. These outward parts, you see the worship team, and we're out there, and everybody can see it. But what, what Pastor Norm's talking about today, listen, every single part of the body is important. Yes. You never hear anybody come up to somebody and say, wow, look at those bowels. That guy's got great bowels. Thank you. No, they don't say that. They say, look at the abs. What I'm trying to say is, I, you don't see the bowels of the body of Christ. But if we didn't have the bowels of the body of Christ, we would be hurting. Every single part of the body is important. Amen. Every part. Amen. 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 So we need the bowels. Yeah. <laughs> Along with all the other parts. Kind of sorry to uh, let you speak, but no. <laughs> it's scriptural, though. It is. It's, it's in the Bible. All right? He didn't say anything that wasn't. Thank you for sharing that. Often, when people have a gift, they think everybody else should have that same gift. The problem with that kind of thinking is, is it's unscriptural. When we realize our need for all the gifts to be operating, there's freedom in that assembly, in that church, in that uh, body. The church will be on its way to great health, which is one of my goals as your pastor. I want to see this church healthy, and trust me, this last year has not been easy. But I am not giving up. We have not been defeated. Jesus already won this thing. We just have to walk in it by faith, and that's what we're doing. When I was a young Christian, I heard a passionate inner-city evangelist share his heart. He had come from a, a large urban center in the United States, and I mean, his stories were just miracle after miracle after miracle of how God was moving there. And then when he finished his his spiel, if you will. And as a young Christian, it hit me really hard. He began to make it sound like if I wasn't in inner city ministry, then I wasn't in a real ministry. And it hit me hard. We, we, Barb and I were both there, and when we left that meeting, I, I just felt like, oh, have we missed it? And I was only maybe a year and a half in the Lord. I mean, we were new to Christ. And I carried that with me for a, a season. But you know what I figured out? What that man said, first of all, does God guilt us? That's not from the Lord. Who does? That's right. The enemy has a great job, and he loves to make you feel guilty. If you're feeling guilt for anything, now there's a difference between guilt and conviction. You've got to understand what those two are. But if you're feeling just flat out guilty over something, it's probably not from the Lord. It's from you know who. So be careful with that. The other thing is I started to learn about God and the Scriptures. I found out that that's not how you work. You don't, it's not scriptural to tell somebody they need to do what you're doing. Just because that's what you're doing. And you think it's more important. And I really don't think the man intended to make us feel guilty. I think his passion was at such a high level that 
He just forgot to temper it. And I, I appreciated that to some degree, but what I'm trying to say to you is this. We're all unique. We have to do what God has called us to do, what he's made us to do. You can't be something that you're not made to be. You can't. If God hasn't put it in you, it's not going to work. That's why a lot of people fail. They're in positions they shouldn't be in. They're, they're like the, the square peg trying to push it through that round hole in that little preschool thing. I've tried that and tried that. You can't make it work. We're all unique. We're all needed. Just the way we are. Can I get a good amen? Yeah. Be careful with what you hear. Be careful with what you hear. A partial truth can ruin you. How do you know the difference? Pray about it. Okay. Read the word. I've used this analogy before, but I believe it bears witness. When a bank teaches a bank teller how to observe counterfeit money, they don't show them a whole ton of different counterfeit bills. They show them the originals, what's real, so that they know every piece of that bill inside and out, so when the counterfeit comes, they immediately see it. It's easy for them to spot it. You and I need to understand God's Word, the Bible, the Scriptures. I, I use a lot of different words for it. It's the same thing. The Old Testament, the New Testament, the Hebrew, the Greek, Aramaic, whatever it's in, we need to understand it to the degree that we can be guided in this life to know the difference between what's right and what's wrong. It's that simple. So when I see people fumbling, and listen to me, it's not always the folks who aren't knowledgeable. Sometimes it's the people that should be mature who've been in the faith for 30, 40 years and they're still getting caught up in stuff they shouldn't be. Is the love of God behind whatever's being said? Is Jesus being preached? Or is it something else? Some other gospel, as Paul used to say. You and I have got to be tuned in enough to know the difference. Because anything that gets you off track from the truth got you off track from the truth. And you're of no use until you get back on track. That wasn't in my notes. Hallelujah. Oh, I had a slide for that. Study the Bible, know the difference. All right, you with me still? You're not stoning me yet? Hallelujah. We need all parts of the body. I was going to go into a little bit of detail. If we were all inner city evangelists, who would send that evangelist? Who would support that evangelist? 
who would intercede for that evangelist? Because, you know, a lot of times when these guys are busy working in whatever field God's called them to, whether missionary, evangelist, pastor, as much as they want to take the credit, you know where the power comes from in that person? I know it comes from God, but it comes from somebody like Rosemary and Susan and Lori, Laura, sorry, in the back room praying. I shudder to think if I come out here without God in this, what's going to happen? Prayer makes a difference. And I don't care who you are in ministry, if you don't have a praying team behind you, it's flesh. Hallelujah. We need all parts in the body of Christ. We need those people to be generous. We need those people to intercede. Here's something that I've learned over the years in ministry. Division is often caused when one person thinks he or she or their ministry is more important than somebody else's. You know, if we could just come down off our high horse for just a minute and recognize that when God looks at us, he doesn't see Pastor Norm up here. He doesn't see Pastor Roger up here. We're all equals. Every part is important. Regardless of what you're doing. If you're back there teaching our little ones right now, God bless you. I did that for years. And those little ones are better for it. Because they, they're getting a message that's tuned into them. Rather, and, and I try to bring a message here that's tuned into the adults. We need each person to do what they're called to do. I've noticed that when people begin to cause division, listen to me, they get defensive. They challenge the direction of the church. They resist any movement that isn't in line with their gift or their ministry. That's not from the Lord. You know when the Lord's pleased? When there's unity. You know when the Lord's blessed? When we're working together. Not thinking more highly of ourselves than we should. And speaking of that, that's where I'm going next. Romans 12. If you have your swords with you, I'm going to turn to chapter 12, verse 3. I'm going to skip those first two. We've hammered those first two over the last year quite a bit. I chose the TNIV just because I really like the way... I usually use the NLT, but don't get confused by that. For by the grace given me... Who's saying this? The Apostle Paul, all right? For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you... Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Very important verse to start out with. Do not think more highly of yourself than you should. You know, when I look at Sarah and Clarence, you guys are equal. Clarence, yes, you're older. You've earned the gray in your beard. 
But in the church, you're equals. You may have a, a, a place of authority. You may have a title that recognizes you as somebody who, who's like a pastor or whatever. But we're still all equal. And what you do in the church is no less important than the preaching of the Word. Let me tell you something. I've heard this more than once. Somebody walks in that front door, and this was years ago, somebody walks in that front door and they didn't meet a Paul who was happy and nice and kind. It was some grumble bunny that pretty much ignored them. They came into the church and then guess who they met inside? Another grumble bunny. And then guess what we got? We get a, a letter in the mail saying, you're the unfriendliest church I've ever been to. They didn't hear a word I said because the people who they met when they came through those doors didn't do their job. Didn't do their ministry. Maybe they weren't called. Maybe they just filled that spot because we needed a body in there. That's the danger of just fitting people in. We need to put the right people in the right places. Amen? Be humble. Support each other. Verse 4. For just as each of us has one body, huh, with many members, as Pastor Roger so eloquently said, we all have bowels. <laughs> These members do not all have the same function. Right? Try doing this with your ear. Okay, some of you probably can. Don't show off. Be humble. So in Christ, we, though many, form a whole bunch of bodies. One body. See that? One body. And that's my highlight. And each member belongs to the others. I don't like this part. Because what that says to me is that when I come into church, if I belong to you, that means... You could get into my business. You can call me out. Some of you people come up to me, you have the audacity to come up to me early in the morning and say, Pastor, you had your coffee yet? You know what that says to me? What that says to me is, Norm, Regardless of if you have had your coffee or not, you need to change the way you look. And let me just say this, and I'm not trying to make excuses. When we have a service, it's like running, I, I can't think of a better word than a symphony. There's so many things going on between the soundboard and the, the overhead and all the technical stuff and things that break and people that show up and don't show up and... Uh, and this is all going through my head. So when I run past you at a blazing speed, it's not because I'm trying to ignore you. I'm focused on getting something running before 10.30 hits. Because <laughs> anymore, we can't blow it off for five minutes. Right? Amen. We all belong to each other. We may think we are our own, and, and we independents like to think that way but in God's economy 
we belong to one another. That's why it's okay if somebody calls and asks for help. And instead of blowing them off, what should we say? You know, if I can help you, I'll be there. And, and honestly, you, you, gotta, you have to be truthful. I mean, maybe you really do have things going on. But if you're, if you're just doing it because you don't want to help somebody, wow. We're the body. We're the family of Christ. And we ought to be helping each other, whatever that might look like. When you choose to stay home, and this is before COVID, so if you're at home because of COVID, please don't get offended. When you choose to stay home, someone is going to miss you, and they're going to miss what you have to offer because only you can bring what you can bring. Hallelujah. You're that important to the church. Verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. What are our gifts based on? According to this? Who gives our gifts to us? God. Can you manufacture your own gift? You probably can. You might even be able to pull it off for a while, but eventually they're going to figure it out. Because God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We have to function in whatever it is that God's put in us. If your gift is prophesying, and by the way, this list isn't all-encompassing. It's just a short little one. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. You go get them. <laughs> all right? If it's serving, then you serve. If it's teaching, then what? Teach for crying out loud. Why aren't you? If it's to encourage, then you better be given encouragement. That's that polish. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. This is the body of Christ. This is the gifts in harmony. This is how the Lord expected us to operate. Paul shows us here that there is no place in the body for pride. Going back to the beginning. No place in the body for pride. I talked about that already a little bit. There's no room for anyone to think their part is more important than anyone else's. Then he says, if you have the gift of prophecy, then you better be passionate about it. Whatever gift God's given you, be passionate about it. Learn how to do it well. If it's to serve, listen, when you, when you think about serving, it's so easy just to think, oh, you go out there and you do something. Listen, servants are so important in the body. And it might be just a, a simple thing of making sure that whoever was here last week that left all the the goldfish crackers under the chair that they're swept up before the next Sunday. Otherwise, when somebody comes and sits and they see that still there this week, they're going to be going, really? Serve. We need servants. We need lots of servants. When you see something on the floor and, and you're not crippled 
And you can reach down, pick it up. If it's trash, throw it away. If it belongs to somebody, try to figure out who it belongs to. Don't walk by it. Always keep in mind, we're one body. And each individual part is necessary for the body to be whole. Each gift is required to bring balance and harmony to the body of Christ. And that means that we need to encourage each other to discover our individual gifts. And that also means that we will not expect others to be mini-me's, clones of ourselves. We don't want that. They don't need to look like us just for us to accept them. In fact, we should be getting to know people who are in other giftings. Because if we're strong in one area, that means we're weak in another. And we need to find the people that are strong in those areas we're weak in and hang out with them, and then we'll all be strong as we lean on each other. I just learned that in in my team's class. That's good wisdom. Don't surround yourself with a bunch of people that think like you, act like you, and look like you. Surround yourself with people who will build you up who have the giftings that you don't have. And then you'll be whole. Finally, I want you to see that when Paul discusses the spiritual gifts, (laughs) he always talks about acts of love. I thought that was pretty interesting. What does that mean? That the spiritual gifts are always connected to Love. Love is always connected to spiritual gifts. All right? They are, they're always exercised in combination. Let me prove this. Moving on to verse 9. Love must be sincere. Say that with me. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. My highlight again. Be devoted to one another in love. You know what? When we come together, if we're operating out of love, we aren't going to have any issues here. We're not going to get offended. We're not going to feel like we were let down. We're not going to feel like we let somebody else down because we're operating in sincere love. We truly care for each other, which is how it should be. Honor one another above yourselves. There you go again. That's not that easy to do. We all want to be the princess. We want to be the prince. We want to be the one that's honored and highlighted and yada, yada, yada. And what Paul's saying is that's not how the church works. That's not how God works. Jesus was God. And he lowered himself to take on the position of someone, a human being, who could take the sins of all men and put them on his back. He humbled himself. He should have been in heaven with the crown, with the angels. And he was here, taking our sins for us. And Paul's saying, you need to do the same doesn't matter what you were created to do, what you're made to do, you had better look at others as being more highly never than yourself. 
Never be lacking in zeal. <laughs> Paul knew that one. That man knew zeal. What is another word for zeal? I've already used it today, right? Passion. Be passionate about what you do. Listen, if somebody comes up to you, I'm a Christian. You want to be a Christian? I'm one. Come on. Be passionate about who you are in Christ. Otherwise, nobody's going to want to be you. Keep, keep your spiritual fervor. How do you do that? Thank you. Stay connected to the vine. Remember that one? Stay connected to the vine. Serve the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. So just a real quick recap. I'm almost done. Sincere love, cling to good, devoted to each other in love, honor others above self, be passionate but stay connected to Jesus, and then share what you have with others. Finally, welcome others, even strangers, into your home, into the church. Hear this part. If you were to go to another church and no one said anything to you, but you watched as they all intermingled with themselves, how would you feel? Invisible. I love that. Please. And this is what happens when we hang out with other people who are like us. We forget those who aren't. I'm asking you, I, I'm not going to beg you, I'm, I'm praying that you'll do this. Look for people you don't know. Young people, middle-aged people, <laughs> older people, people that don't look like you, please make an effort to go and talk to somebody else that you don't know. And welcome them. Hey, you know, I've seen you across the room for the past few weeks. My name's Norm. And, and you better make sure and do the bump thing. To make sure they're okay with them. <laughs> Not everybody's shaking hands yet, but whatever. You get the idea. Right? There are two more verses. Three, sorry. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. I already talked about this earlier. This is what the church does. When, when one hurts, we all hurt. If somebody's mourning, we've got a mourner in here today. I'm, I, I don't want to point her out. When somebody's mourning, we've got to mourn with them. They need that. Nobody should have to go through this stuff alone. Nobody. Do not be proud. Oh, live in harmony. I had that one highlighted. Live in harmony with one another. It's easy to live in harmony with yourself. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. <laughs> Do not do not think of yourself 
as more superior. If there's one thing in the church that drives me bonkers, and I believe it drove Jesus mad too because he always got angry with those who had position. The religious leaders. They were the ones he'd come down on hard. Do not think of yourself as superior to others. If you are, man, you got a lot to learn. You're still drinking milk. You should be eating me. Sarah, I sure wish you were up here already. Because I love your talent that God's given you. And it would sound so good right now as I try to segue into the ending of this message. We are a team. Right? Together, each one of us has something to give, something to bring, something to do. We're all a part of this body. If you're at home, same thing. I hope to see you back soon as this, I'm going to call it stupid, this stupid virus dies in Jesus' name. We need each other. And, and I'm telling you, as your pastor, I feel like we're like half here sometimes. And it's not anything against those who are coming. And it's not against those who are at home. It's not your fault. But I'm ready for the church to come back together in full swing so that we can accomplish and achieve the mission that God's given us to carry out. In the meantime, we can start practicing on what it means to love each other and not think more highly of each other than we should. To look outside of our own giftings and get to know people who might even help us down the road to see some things in our own lives that we can't see because we're too close. It's like the tree in the forest. You need a new perspective. You need some of that sandpaper. <laughs> and then you need some polish. Hopefully you'll get both. Would you stand with me if you can? Went a little longer today. I hope that's all right. This, this was an important one. Um, you know, again, the Lord is doing something amazing in his people individually. I want to see that happen in the church. I want to see the gifts released. I want to see you walking out of here with smiles on your faces, not with zeal ready to use that gift God's put in you. Rah, let's go get them. My son was on a football team many years ago. Uh, Joe. And he was one of the most passionate people on his team. And I didn't really know what his position was. He was on special teams. Uh, once in a while, they'd They'd let him uh, run with the ball. That didn't happen real often. And he didn't even hardly play the first three years. And then his junior year, they started letting him play. And I watched as this young man grew into his position. 
and he brought something to that team that they didn't have. He brought passion. They would practice, and they often did two-a-days, morning and evening, and they would, they, those coaches were ruthless. They wanted their team to win. And Joe would get in there, and at both practices, he would face off with his teammates, and they would wear different jerseys so they knew they were the opposite team, and he would pummel them. And after he knocked them over, the other guy would look at him and go, Oberlin, what's wrong with you? It's just practice. And Joe would look at him, and he'd say, listen, when we face off with that team this Friday, I want you to remember this. His senior year, <laughs> they made an award for him. And by the way, he played every game his senior year, throughout the game. He even, I think he even made some touchdowns, if I, didn't he? Yeah. I'm looking at my wife. I was his biggest cheerleader. But my point is this. They named it after one of their coaches who had died, who had spirit. He had spirit. That was the award they gave my son. You know what we need here? Spirit. We need people in this body who are going to go out of here like they know they're filled with the Holy Spirit and the power that comes from knowing Him and staying plugged into the vine. That's what this earth needs today. That's what our neighbors need to hear today and see in us. Father, we thank You again for everything You're doing in this body of Christ. Lord, as you knit us together, make us strong. Lord, help us to love even those who are not always that lovable. And if that's me, Lord, give them double strength to do that. I pray today that we would be the body of Christ, the church that you have called for such a time as this, to take your message to the lost, to the hopeless, to those who are in darkness, and to share the light that you've so lovingly and carefully shared with us. If there's anybody here today that needs Jesus, I'm going to be up here afterwards. Come and see me. If you need to confess your sins, I've got an ear. I'll listen. I'll pray with you. If you're at home and you need prayer, email me, normatgaylordchurch.com. Give me your phone number and I'll call you. In the meantime, Lord, keep us safe in our coming and our going. Loose angels around us to keep us safe. We pray this again in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.